Professional football in America is a special game. And yes, it is that time on your Saturday morning. Whatever you got, I need all your football in one show. This is L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Let's set this place on fire. We ain't gonna do nothing fancy. We gonna play on fire. Whatever you got today, I got to have it. It's what you wanted. A show completely dedicated to football. Saturday on 710 ESPN from 9 to 11 a.m. Kirk Morrison is live and local and all over the Rams and the entire NFL. USC UCLA, the biggest high school football stories from across the Southland. And taking your calls all morning. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. 710 ESPN. Welcome back in. Welcome back in, everybody. L.A. Gridiron Weekly, 877-710-ESPN is the phone number, 877-710-3776. Always, you can reach me at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. But I, 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 wanna, don't take, I don't want to take any more time. I want to get to our, our next guest and a guy who we've been watching in Los Angeles the last couple of years as a linebacker for the Los Angeles Rams, but we saw him previously as a UCLA Bruin joining the program now, Rams linebacker, Kenny Young, man. What's up, Kenny? How you been, man? What up, man? Good morning. Good morning. I'm feeling good, bro. How you feeling, Kurt? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Uh, not as good as you, uh, you know, going to now year number four, Kenny. And I know we're going to get into a lot of things that you're doing off the field, but how quickly has this career gone for you? You're already in year number four. I feel like you just arrived in the NFL last season. Yeah, man, you hear stories all the time about, uh, you know, maybe you know, a, a friend or someone that you was close with that lived on the other side of the river that, you know, that made it, right? And, uh, man, you look up and it's like they're about to hit the peak, you know, starting the peak of their of their career and they five years, seven years down the line. <laughs> um, it's just it's just wild, man. And even more of that, I got a great privilege in, uh, when I got drafted by Baltimore um, to, to do a lot of time with Terrell Suggs and uh, Eric Waddle. You know, yeah. Terrell played about, when he won that Super Bowl, I think he was on his 17th, 16th year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're talking about years of playing dominating football. But I think it's just a thing where, man, honestly, the more, the faster you, you, you enjoy it, the, the faster it go by. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy, man, that, I mean, year four already, like, where did my first three years go? You know, <laughs> right. but uh, that's the NFL, man. You know, it's, it's, it's eight months. You know, it's getting in and getting out. And you got your blinders on when you're in it. So you really... The time really passed by so fast because you got to think about it, man. Also, this is about to be my fourth fourth team. Every team in the NFL is different. It's not like college where you stick with a group of guys for two or three years or four years, you know. So uh, it's a journey, man. It's exciting. It, it lets you know change is always here. And, uh, you know, that's how I try to apply myself as a pro in, uh, in my preparations and, you know, everything else in life. You know, as we're preparing right now for the NFL draft of 2021, uh, what was your draft story? We know you're drafted in the fourth round. You mentioned by Baltimore. But take me back to that time right before you got drafted. Uh, the nervousness, where were you, and uh, what were you expecting coming out of UCLA? Man, listen, I was just landing for looking for the right fit. I didn't care if I was the you know, first, first pick of the draft or the last pick. Uh, that didn't matter. I knew I had something that was different that I was going to bring that was going to uh, keep me around for a while. And that's just my mindset, my attitude. Uh, I think I'm just a different cat, man. I think you have to be, whenever you're telling yourself to go up in your profession, you have to 
adhere and, you know, so much is given, much is required. So with that being said, uh, man, I think it's all a part of the journey. It's just, it's like, honestly, like, wow, you know, this dream is really real because it is real. It is a dream. Uh, and it don't last as long as you think it is. Uh, like I just told you, a, a year four, if I won't play, you know, eight year career shit, I only got five more years left on the table. You know, four just went by. So you think about it in the grand perspective of things, man, life is great. Life is beautiful. Uh, and it is what, what, what you're going to make it. And, you know, right before draft, uh, I knew I wasn't going on day one. I knew that maybe late day two, early day three. So I had given myself that comfort room. Then I put the pressure on myself. Uh, but it's wild, man. It's it's tiring uh, for me <laughs> because, you know, me, I'm like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Right. And, you know, three days have passed by. But look at that as, as hours. That's probably about what? 60 65 hours you know where you're just playing a waiting game it's almost like being in the labor with your you know with your woman yeah and just waiting yeah. for the baby to come and it's two days in past but he's like all right this, <laughs> that's this, a long this, labor this, like, get, yeah this, like, you better get up out of here i know he's ready and you know he's playing a waiting game but i think that's just part of it right like you, yeah. you wait yeah. and you ponder and you think about what life is going to be at the next level and i think day three was just meant for me to happen you know i got dropped in the fourth round I think it was 122 overall, and uh, I was pissed off, though, honestly. Uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's a lot of those guys, a lot of 120 of those guys, 21 of those guys that I didn't think they put in the work that I did. Uh, not all of them. And, you know, where I was going, you know, was was a nice place. But, um, man, listen, I'm just thrived by passion. By that, that process was fun because my family got to enjoy I was in Louisiana. I was doing crawfish. Uh, was yeah. doing food. Uh, it was just a good time. It was a big celebration of a milestone for me. And. It just felt good to share that with my family. Um, you know, uh, when I got drafted, um, uh, uh, Ozzy Newsom uh, yeah. had called me from mm-hmm. Baltimore, and we chopped it up for a while. And uh, I was bec- I was becoming a Raven. I never talked to the Ravens during the tra- draft process. Uh, they never spoke to me. The only engagement I ever had with the Rams was they gave me a test. And uh, what it is is you're in a linebacker helmet, right? But okay. you get a mm-hmm. half a snap, half a second of a clip, and you have to guess what the play is. I think I got the highest score on that, but that was the only time I had affiliations with Baltimore. So that was crazy to me. I was telling wow. my pops, I said, man, listen, the team that's going to draft you probably might not go talk to, you know, so uh, it's tough. But it's it's interesting, man. It's it's, it's cool. It's fun. I think it's worth it. Uh, if I can go back and change anything, I wouldn't change nothing at all. I'd probably embrace it more, you know, because it's meant to be embracing. It's meant for me to be on that type of stage. And I think that's what every kid needs to realize is that, you know, man, this is time to have fun, to enjoy it. And not right. to be so picky on where you're going to land or whatever it is. Just try to get in the door, you know, and just try to become likable as fast as you can. And then everything else should take over. We're talking with Rams linebacker Kenny Young here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. And, and, and Kenny, the one thing that I, I know is that you're a kid from Louisiana, and yet you found your way to Westwood. The former UCLA Bruin that you are, how did you find your way to Westwood? How did you get to UCLA? There was a lot of moving parts, I think, that took place into that because, honestly, before I even got an offer, I said, you know what? If I ever become good one day, I'm going right down the street to LSU, which is about right. 50 minutes down, down the road. And that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I want to become good enough to just get an offer from LSU. Because that's been my dream school. Man, I've right. been to LSU so many times. And you go to the games and you watch, yeah. you know, guys like shucks. Mike Brockers was uh, was, was was playing with him then. Guys like Mike Brockers, guys like Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Peterson, uh, Kevin Mentor, uh, you know, I even had friends, Jamal Adams, Duke Riley, Malachi Dupree, Leonard Fournette. Uh, all those guys, man, we all had a story of trying to come to LSU. But I think for me, what I wanted was an opportunity to, you know, spread my longevity past football and not just on a football level, but as a man. And I think that in order for me to grow at the level that I wanted to grow from, I couldn't be thinking like the kid from Louisiana. And that's the hard truth. 
uh, that's nothing against Louisiana. It's just, no. you know, in order for you to excel to a place, it has to take great, you know, you have to put in what you, you have to put in what you, what you want to get out of it. And um, I just closed my eyes and I think I just went, man, I was scared like hell literally for, before <laughs> national signing day, because I just didn't know I was scared. I was what, right. 18, 19 years old. And I was going to a big city that I just didn't understand. So this is how I broke it down. I said, well, I'm going to limit it down to three schools. One is going to be LSU if I want to stay close. And I'll just be right down the road. And, you know, I may grow up a little bit, but not as much. And I said, well, I could go to Texas A&M. That's, you know, the next state over. I right. could always fly home. And, you know, it's a great program. And honestly, if I was going to A&M, it was all because of the Aggie ring on top of football. I love okay. that Aggie ring, man. That stuff, it represents so much. Right. And I'm a social guy. I'm a networking guy. So that naturally fits me. So I said, well, you know, OSU is another option. But, uh you know, it wasn't it wasn't a chance I was going to go to them before I went to, uh, you know, A&M or LSU. So I said, you know what, there's a, there's a guy named uh, Jeff Albrick and Jim Mora. Um, you know, they recruited me. Honestly, they recruited me. They came out there and uh, did what they had to do. And, uh, you know, we made it happen. They, they believed in me. I believed in them. And I think what I seen was that, you know what, it's guys that go there for four years and start as a linebacker. You see guys like Miles Jack, uh, uh, you know, shucks. Kenny Clark started for four years. Um, um Anthony Barr, uh, J.M. Brown, Eric Kendricks, all those guys, man, just phenomenal guys. And I said, you know what? I could I could do it my own way. And we just become a team in a pack and known for just doing it, you know, our way. And I think that's where it escalated from. I think when I got to UCLA, I think I had a great mentor group, you know, Fabian Monroe, uh, Eric Kendricks, Brett Hunley, all those guys just took me in and like, look, you know, you're here. Like, let's see what you're going to do. And I think I just ran with it, you know, um, because I felt that, that that confidence behind guys that, you know, I'm a I'm a young guy. I don't know nothing. I just know how to get right. to the ball and tackle. You know, uh, so the respect level was a little bit different, and I think I understood at a young age, and I, I realized that every day is part of someone counting. And it, it's a cool position to be in, um, honestly, because you know you 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 see you see a different level of love, right? And yeah. you know, you grew up playing bug ball all the time. Yeah, that was love. But when people that's older, you know, looking up to you, say, "Hey, bro, look here. Here's the ropes. I'm going to teach it to you." You know. Uh, it's a different kind of love. And I think I always respected them and appreciated them and the coaches for, for doing that. And I think they just gave me a, a job, man, a job to go out there and do it. And I think I proved myself over four years of being a four-year starter. Uh, but, you know, I got cool things in doing the debate team. I was on a debate, only athlete on the debate team. Uh, wow. I made a dean's list a couple of times. Um, you know, I had, uh, I kept away most of my distractions and that's all I really needed. You know, I never thought L.A. was a city where I was going to lose myself. Uh, I was going to test myself to see who I, who I was. But uh, I'm still that same guy with Morris from Louisiana. And, you know, still nice, still smile, still willing to help. And I think that's the beauty of it, right, that you stay who you are no matter how much change you go through. And uh, UCLA was a great experience, man. I don't regret it for nothing. I learned so much, met so many people. And I'm glad my mind was able to expand outside of football. Actually, by coming to UCLA, it helps me think now with football. Yeah. You know, because I could pick up and process information so fast. So uh, it's just been a blessing, man. Honestly, it's just been a blessing. Uh, it's been a, you know, it's not, it's not fun, uh, but it's worth it. You know, right. it's worth the journey. It's worth, it's worth telling the story to you, Kurt. Yeah. You, you can follow him on Twitter at Kenny Young. That's at K-E-N-N-Y-Y-O-U-N-G-G-G. That's triple G at the end. Kenny Young on Twitter. Uh, Kenny Young join us here on LA Gridiron Weekly. And Kenny, look, you get drafted to the Ravens uh, from UCLA. Then you get traded in your second year. You now go to the Rams. And you know, your first year, kind of more special teams. And you're playing and, and getting things going. And then finally found a role for you in year two with the Rams. And now as you go into your third season with the Rams, fourth in the NFL, 
you know, what's for you, what's been the, uh, I think the thing that you've been excited about the most about being a part of this Rams culture, this Rams team. I'm sorry. I think it's just the mindset, man. Um, every every team and culture has their own things uh, that sets them apart, but it's just a winning environment. It's an environment where you know your coach is going to give you everything plus some, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day. And it's it's a, from a player to player, it's a, it's a building brotherhood, right? Uh, we don't want nothing from each other. We're just here to get better and, and to win. And if you think that's, you know, getting in your feelings with somebody to get on your butt, a coach get on your butt, or, <laughs> you know, uh, someone's checking you or whatever, you know, you're, you're in the wrong business. And I think we realize that we have a level of operation where we can perform at a high level, not just on the football field, but just meetings, man. I, I tell you what, if you ever get a chance, um, just come to our practices and watch mm-hmm. how the defense operate. Man, we always talking about ball on the sidelines. And it escalated to our game, and it escalated to our success a lot. Uh, but um, as a whole, you know, man, McVay is a great coach. He is a mastermind. He's going to be – he's for sure ahead of his time now. Uh, right. I tell people that all the time. But he just he, – he not only involved in an environment where it's culture based on winning, character. You know, our only rule around the Rams is be on time. If you can't, if you can't follow that rule, then, <laughs> you know, a lot of things are, are, are problems. So – um, he lets you, he lets, he gives you your wiggle room to be a pro, you know, uh, to be yourself and to grow at the same time. And, uh, man, you know, the pounding, uh, he takes care of your body, he takes care of your mind. He understands what you're going through. And I think that's tough, you know, as coaches, because it's a skill, you know, how do you get what, uh, 50 plus guys or so to, you know, to, to, to gauge it over a 30 week basis to where, you know, they feel fresh, they feel fast, strong than they ever been. Uh, every place is different, you know, right. but McVay has found that formula for his players. We respond well to it. And, uh, you know, I, I, it just, just the only thing, man, we felt like, you know, coming off last year, we could have done more. And uh, I could have did better. I could have did more, um, you know, and it's just it's just a process. But I'm excited about this opportunity we got this year, though, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, that's why the build by every season, you get to you get to go out and prove yourself again. And, uh, you know, he's going to do that. <laughs> yeah, we go do that as players, and we're trying to finish the dance and and that thing behind you come uh, come Super Bowl this year. So we all looking forward to that, you know. But it's about yeah. the journey, though, man. You know, it's it's like a relationship. You go through it, you have your ups and downs, you have a lot of success, and I really love that team. Uh, it's a different team, uh, but you know they, they they got some great guys that that that's that's that serious about ball, and some coaches as a behind preparing those guys to go play the fastest and you know the best that they can. Just a couple more minutes here with Rams linebacker Kenny Young. And, look, you've got your roots here in Los Angeles now, former UCLA Bruin, now Rams linebacker. But you've partnered with Unify Financial Credit Union and the Tackle Young Foundation uh, to tackle financial education for students in Los Angeles. Just just tell me about the partnership, Kenny, and and what you're doing for uh, students in Los Angeles in in the community college and, you know, the uh, after high school ranks. Yeah, so, um, Kirk, I, I started a foundation about a year ago. It's called the Tech Young Foundation, and basically what it represents is a, uh, it's a charity, a nonprofit charity that I started and uh, have been trying to find ways to, you know, raise money and uh, raise the brand value. And right now, you know, being a, the face of the Tech Young Foundation, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to be in a, you know, very, a very cool spot with, with the NFL and you know, at a place to give. I think that's the most important thing is that this charity is literally about giving. And a lot of people helped and gave to me when I was a kid to help me with my success. And not that they owe me, that I would owe them anything. It's just the fact that, you know, when you, you should give more than you should, you know, more than you think. And we don't. So with this foundation, uh, 
Man, you know, I just, when I started, it was, it was a camp. It started off with a camp, and basically with Tackling Young represented, it just represented young kids, the youth, right, tackling young issues and young challenges right. early. Because in my profession, you know, I'm a linebacker, so if the running back, quarterback, run, got the ball all day, what's going to happen eventually, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be a touchdown. So if I don't tackle those issues early, right, or, or what could become problems, right, talk about anticipation, anticipate a play before it happens and it becomes uh, hectic, that's the same concept I took with the kids. And it's me helping with helping them t- tackle these challenges early. So I got creative, man. COVID has been really a blessing, um, mm-hmm. you know, despite the deaths that has, you know, transitioned. Uh, but it has gotten creative to a level where I say, you know what? Uh, this foundation, I'm going to make it about the youth, about education, about financial literacy, literacy about, uh, uh, I think I even want to do something like uh, something with uh, emotional intelligence, something like that. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do finances. You know, it's, it's a big part of my world uh, that I didn't understand, you know, coming coming into it because you say, okay, well, I want to have this six-figure paying job, but you don't know what that takes to keep, you know, your income in your pocket. Right. And for you to, you know, think psychology, oh, I work hard, I have this money, I could just spend it. And it's not how it works. You know, right. I don't care if you, I don't care if you, the, a man that's getting $10 for janitoring at, the, at a high school, are you getting a ten million dollars at this at this realtor company? Over thirty years span, the rich man is going to show himself. Just because you have ten million dollars, don't mean that's it doesn't mean that make you more richer than a janitor. It's all about your thinking and how you perceive things, right? It's it, it's more about understanding what's an asset compared to a liability. An asset is going to take money into your pocket. A liability is going to take money from out your pocket. pocket right. And when we think like that and remove our emotions behind, you know, the entitlement trap of. Oh, I feel like I deserve to buy this, buy that. Yes, that's cool. But all I'm saying is, how can you afford to live the lifestyle that you have? And with this, it's all about, man, finance is all about decision making. It's all about choice. It's all about perspective. It's all about planning. Um, these are simple things that you can do literally. Every 10 minutes you wake up. You don't know something, you adjust the plan. But if you don't work on it, you'll never know. So really, you know, this program is it's going to be 12 weeks. I wound up partnering with uh, Unify. And uh, I want to partner with uh, Sam at L.A. Room and Board. Uh, he basically constructs the L.A. Uh, housing uh, situation where basically it's about 40 kids that live over there. And they're, they're going to school, but they're homeless. Uh, okay. Some of those kids are sleeping cars at UCLA to get the education. Some of these kids were, were homeless, literally trying to study and get an education. Some of these kids, you know, were, were adopted. Uh, some of these kids come from community schools. You know, and um, my job, my responsibility is to help enlighten their thinking because they're in a transition period in college where they're about to hit the real world. And their savings, what they learned about savings matter, what they learned about budget matter, what they learned about, uh, you know, credit cards matter, what they learned about their success matter, you know. Uh, And I think I have that gap to help them now, especially in in a time like now with COVID, to be able to do that. And uh, it's all about financial literacy. It's 12 weeks. Uh, we we scatter from topics anywhere between savings, uh, credit score, uh, budgeting. I think the third week is psychology of money. We're going to do that for like a week or two. And, uh, yeah, it's going to break down all the basic principles that you need to become a financial literate. And, man, honestly, it's, it's I'm thrilled because everyone else is thrilled. Unify is thrilled. L.A. Room and Board is thrilled. And uh, Wasserman, my team, is, is thrilled as well. Uh, I, don't, I didn't expect for it to you know, be at the level that it's at now because, honestly, Kirk just started from my idea. And uh, it's going well, man. I'm excited to to talk to these kids, to share with these kids what I have, my experiences, and let them learn from themselves. Because at the end of the day, they're going to be on their own, you know, with their own budget, their own house. So if I got shining light on just how to budget for the next five years when you get the house, I know I did my job. 
and you know you can take it there from there. But uh, yeah, I want just want you know it's something that's not talked about, something I want to uh, dive into, and I'm excited about. And if and if anybody out there listening right now would love to contribute, donate to the Kenny Young, the Tackle Young Foundation, uh, where could they go to uh, look for more information? Yeah, so you could just go to Google, or just type in the search bar, uh, Tackle Young Foundation, and my foundation will pop up. You'll see it have everything listed about what everything I've been uh, encountered with, and uh, you'll be able to shop on there. Uh, you could buy a hoodie. I got some Tackle Young mindset hoodies. That's uh, it actually has the, the face mask. Uh, to where if you ever leave your face mask at home, you got the jacket on, you can just slide it on. Oh, there uh, you go. But I have the hoodies. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I did some stuff with some kids at Grape Street a year or two back uh, with giving over 400 literature books uh, to some kids. So all of that's on there. And, you know, if people want to know about it, you can just type in Tap Young Foundation and it'll pop up. Kenny Young, I appreciate the time, man. So much to uh, to talk about there. But I'm happy for what you're doing, not only on the football field, but off the football field. We look forward to seeing you again out there, this time in person at SoFi, Kenny. So looking forward to having you, man. Best of luck. Appreciate the time today. Thank you, Kirk. Have a great day, buddy. All right. Appreciate it. That's Kenny Young, linebacker for the Los Angeles Rams at Kenny Young. That's three Y's at the end, at K-E-N-N-Y-Y-O-U-N-G. GG. More LA Gridiron Weekly coming up right after this. It's what you wanted. A show completely dedicated to football. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. All over the Rams and the NFL, USC, UCLA, the high school football scene. Kirk knows it all and is ready to bring it to you each Saturday morning. You're listening to LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Once again, here's Kirk Morrison. Oh, man, special thanks again to Kenny Young, Rams linebacker. Uh, follow him again. I told you, great follow on Twitter, at Kenny, K-E-N-N-Y, Young, Y-O-U-N-G-G-G. That's right, triple G at the end. <laughs> so special thanks again. Kenny Young joining us here on LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison, former NFL veteran, eight years in the National Football League, and now giving you my second half of my mock draft. So, yeah, your thoughts again, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Give me your thoughts on what do you think of my mock draft so far? Uh, where am I wrong at? So, so far, you if you missed my first 16 picks, uh, this is what I had so far for all the people who are just tuning in right now. First 16 picks, we go uh, Jacksonville got Trevor Lawrence at one, New York Jets with Zach Wilson at two, Justin Fields to the Niners at three, Trey Lance to the Atlanta Falcons at four, Panay Sewell to the Bengals at five, Jamar Chase, wide receiver uh, to the Dolphins at six, Devontae Smith, seven to the uh, Lions, Cal Pitts tied in to the Carolina Panthers at eight, Mac Jones to Denver at pick number nine, Patrick Sertan, uh, he goes to Dallas Cowboys at pick 10, Rashawn Slater, pick 11 to the New York Giants. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles with J.C. Horn, cornerback. Um, then Los Angeles Chargers, gets they, they get Christian Derisaw, left tackle. Out of Virginia Tech, Quiddy Pay goes to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 14. Micah Parsons, linebacker, he goes to the New England Patriots. And a little Los Angeles flavor here, USC offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker. Shout out to you. Went to my high school as well. Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland. Shout out to my Dragons out there. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, he goes to the Arizona Cardinals at pick 16. So 
All right, Steve, hit that music again, man. Let's get me some more of that uh, NFL bed here. Get a little football music here as we go. Picks 16 through 30, or sorry, 17 through 32 here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Here we go. Pick 17. Oh, my former team, team that drafted me, the then Oakland Raiders. Now they are the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to get Jalen Phillips. Okay, Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. I think that's going to be a good pick for them. Uh, They're looking to revamp that defensive line. They didn't sack the quarterback enough last year and in the years prior. Like they've been looking for a pass rusher since they sent, you know, Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. John Gruden said pass rushers are hard to find, and he's been looking for one ever since he let Khalil Mack go to the Chicago Bears. So I think that that's what the Raiders do. Jalen Phillips, pick number 17, Miami Dolphins. This is their second pick in the first round. Where do they go? What do they do? Why not get another wide receiver? I've got them picking Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. Look, Alabama just had so many riches in terms of wide receivers. But if you think about this, Tua Tungvaloa is going to be throwing to his wide receiver he threw to a couple years ago when they were at Alabama together. So you think about that chemistry, how that can help Tua keep his confidence, keep him keep his confidence high. Why not get him two wide receivers in round number one? Burners, guys who can run, who can catch, great route running ability. You get, I think the two top wide receivers in this draft, and you have the ability to get them. Yeah, I think this is a no-brainer. If you're the Miami Dolphins, go ahead and get Jalen Waddle, pick number 18. Now, the Washington football team, uh, they pick at 19. And look, their defensive coordinator, Coach Me in the NFL, Jack Del Rio, when I was with the Jaguars. And for some reason, I think a linebacker, and he's a former linebacker in the NFL, and there's a linebacker out there I think that they're going to get from Notre Dame. They're going to get Jeremiah owusu Koromoa. And I think JOK is the guy who can give them a little bit of versatility at that linebacking spot. It's going to make some plays for him. So I think that's going to be a good pick for the Washington football team at pick number 19, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Pick 20, the Chicago Bears. They go after Caleb Fairley, Virginia Tech cornerback, opted out this season. But look, I had a chance to do a Virginia Tech game about a season ago when he did play. And look, he is an outstanding quarterback. He's rangy, physical. The only question mark is he had a back surgery. So people are a little skeptical with the back injury, but he says he's 100% healed. And if that's going to be the case, I think that he's going to be a fantastic fit for the Chicago Bears because they're looking for cornerback help uh, to help out You know, with that pass rush with Khalil Mack. Now you add in a guy like you know, Caleb Fairley, I think you'll be good to go. Pick number 21, the Indianapolis Colts, they're going to get Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. And if you have not watched any film on this kid, he is, oh, my God, he is nasty. He is filthy. He is old school NFL. And I love it. I love watching his tape. And I think that the Indianapolis Colts, it fits into what they've got going. They've already got the Quentin Nelson guard out of Notre Dame. And they just play nasty football up front. They run the ball well. This is a team that made the playoffs a year ago. Now they've got Carson Wentz. So why not get a little left tackle action, right tackle, wherever you want to put a guy like Tevin Jenkins, bring him in. Yeah, I think that's going to be a a nice little fit for him with the Indianapolis Colts. Pick 22, Greg Rousseau to the Titans. Titans have been trying to find defensive ends, right? They've been trying. Remember last year, the Jadavian Clowney, 
uh, experiment that didn't work out. So they need to find some edge pressure. They need to find someone who can come in and rush the passer. That was a glaring weakness within his defense last year from Mike Vrabel. I think that pick number 22, yes, they got to go Greg Rousseau. I think an outstanding uh, pass rusher, you know, play uh, played a little bit and, and did outstanding. I mean, when you look at his tape uh, at Miami, it, it, it just jumps out at you. So I think a lot of people are going to be intrigued by a guy like Greg Rousseau, who had a ton of sacks at Miami. Now, pick 23, I got another pass rusher coming off. And some people think that this may be the best pass rusher of all of the guys so far. I've got a couple who've come off the board. I mentioned Phillips and Quiddy Pay and then Greg Rousseau. But Aziz Aljulari, that's right, Aziz Aljulari, He's a defensive end out of Georgia. The most, I think he's the, the best physical specimen when it comes to rushing the passer. Just guy gifted ability to maybe turn the corner. So he may be the, I think the, uh, the, the pass rusher who I say has the, the most ability right now, who's ready to rush the passer right today. Other guys, I think, you know, you can still have some question marks, but I think Azulari is a dominant pass rusher in this league. Now we'll see how he is as a full-time defensive end, but we'll, uh, but the New York Jets, that is their second pick we know in the first round. So they go the first pick, they get the quarterback. Second pick, they get a guy who can wreak havoc on the quarterback in Aziz Aljur. Jury, uh, I'll jewelry. Uh, Pittsburgh at pick 24, they're going to go with Landon Dickerson, I think. The center out of Alabama, yes, we've heard Alabama's name a bunch so far in his first round, and it keeps on going with a guy like Landon Dickerson. He's a center. Remember, Marquise Pouncey, the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he retired. So Ben Roethlisberger is without his center, and they're going to go draft one. And uh, and think about this, I, w- I wanted to make sure about this pick. You draft a center knowing that your quarterback may not be there in the future, right? Ben Roethlisberger is on his last couple holes. He's not like in the front nine. He is on the back nine, maybe the last couple, three holes, if he continues to keep playing. And so why not draft a center that can even help out a young guy when they uh, decide to have that transition from Ben Roethlisberger to whoever may be the next quarterback. That's why I think it's a huge pick for them to get Landon Dickerson center out of Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, out of Alabama to the Pittsburgh Steelers pick 25. Asante Samuel Jr. He will go to the Jacksonville Jaguars at pick 25. I got him there. Um, I think we saw him at Florida State. He, Everybody in Florida, in that region, as me as a former Jaguar, I tell you, uh, they know him. They know him very well. I think it's a great fit for him. Go to Jacksonville, Urban Meyer. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be fine right there in Jacksonville. The Cleveland Browns pick at 26, and they get, I think, the most intriguing pick for me, because he's a linebacker, but Jamin Davis out of Kentucky fell in love watching the linebackers and he uh, in terms of evaluating. And Jamin Davis is a guy who I truly, truly liked watching. He's a outstanding um, guy in coverage. All right. He intercepts the football. He makes plays in the run game. He jumped a 42 vertical. Okay. So he's explosive. He's a four, three guy, four, three, four, four guy in the 40. He's just so raw. Had one just really good year, but he was rotating before that. And he said to me, I spoke with him a little bit ago, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I had an interview with him and he said, look, I was rotating because that's what the defense had asked me to do. He said, finally, when it was time for me just to be the guy, 
they allowed him to be the guy and look at what happened. His play uh, definitely took off. A um, couple more picks here before we got to get to our next interview, man. Demetric Felton running back wide receiver from UCLA as he gets ready for the draft and his draft experience. We'll talk a little bit about that shortly. So I'm going to run down these last couple picks before we get to Demetric Felton. So pick 27 is where I left off. Jason Oway, the tight, the uh, defensive end. He was going to go to Baltimore, out of uh, the kid out of Penn State. Uh, New Orleans, pick 28. They're going to go Zavin Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. Green Bay, pick 29. Will they go uh, wide receiver? No, they never go wide receiver. We know that. Even with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, they're going to go Nick Bolton, I think linebacker. They got to get some help on defense. Offensively, we see how good this team is, but they couldn't stop anybody. They got to find a way to start getting stops on defense and getting off the field. One of them is getting a linebacker in Nick Bolton. They do that at pick 29. Uh, Joseph Asai, remember we had Dan Shaka on in the first hour. He says Osai goes to the Rams in, in round two. I got Osai going to the Buffalo Bills at pick number 30 in the first round. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think the Buffalo Bills are looking for another uh, edge pass rusher. And Osai, I think, fits that mold for them as well. And pick 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the last pick in the first round, the defending champion, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Kyle Trask, quarterback out of Florida. I think that he gets in right there. He'll be the sixth quarterback drafted in the first round, and that will end that first round. And I can't wait to see people's faces when Kyle Trask is picked to be the successor to one Tom Brady. (laughs) It'll be fantastic to see. All right. That's been my mock draft picks one through 32, man. Thank you all for bearing with me. Let me know what you think, though, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, 877-710-3776. That's the phone number. But coming up next, Demetric Felton, wide receiver, running back out of UCLA as he gets ready for the draft. He's coming up next here on LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. You're listening to LA Gridiron Weekly. It's what you wanted, a show completely dedicated to football. Every Saturday on 710 ESPN from 9 to 11 a.m. Once again, here's Kirk Morrison. Welcome back in. Welcome back in, everybody. L.A. Gridiron Weekly here. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. And we've got a treat for you now. Uh, Former, I I can call him a former UCLA Bruin as he will... Hear his name called uh, in the upcoming NFL draft. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I should describe him because I can call him a Swiss Army knife guy because he played running back, wide receiver. He did punts, he did kicks. I mean, he did a little bit of everything. He's Demetric Felton uh, joining LA Gridiron Weekly. What's up today, Demetric? How are we doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Um, Wow, uh, a great career at UCLA. We we'll start there. Uh, when you first got there, you were a wide receiver, and you played pretty well. And then all of a sudden, Chip Kelly comes, and you guys have a conversation, and they move you to running back. And then obviously you excelled there. So just kind of summarize your your time in Westwood. Yeah, my time in Westwood was great. You know, UCLA is a great school. 
And, you know, they had a great program for me to really showcase my abilities. So I had, like you said, you know, I had a great time there. And I was so glad I was able to represent California and stay at, at UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> so not only did you, you know, you come in and you, I thought, had a great senior year. But you think about just the where UCLA was when you first got there and then all of a sudden Chip Kelly comes in. And it seems like a lot changed with UCLA, the way that, you know, obviously a different coach comes in. But what changed for you when Chip Kelly got to UCLA? For me, you know, I, I was still at receiver for my first year while Chip was there. You know, I didn't move until, like you said, my junior year when, you know, we had an injury and they they needed help on the running back side. And so Coach Kelly asked and, you know, I just went with it and tried to do the best that I could to help my teammates and make an impact. You know, a guy who I know and, and, and competed against, watched his high school career going growing up as well, is your running back coach or former running back coach, my guy Smoke Deshaun Foster. How influential was, was he in, in your transition to that position as a full-time running back? He was very influential. You know, Coach Foster, he was always trying to get me to move into the running back room, even when I was at uh, – at receiver. And so when that opportunity presented itself, you know, he was the main one rooting for me and wanted me to move to running back. And, you know, being in his room, he helped me tremendously. So I was really able to learn from him and him being somebody who used to be a UCLA great and went on to play in the NFL. It was a huge advantage for me. And then not only uh, the career that you had, we joined out by uh, Demetric Felton, former UCLA Bruin, soon to be NFL draftee. I can't wait to hear your name uh, coming up soon. But you, you know, from UCLA. But before you got to UCLA, you you played your high school football in Southern California. Tell me about your mm-hmm. high school experience as well, because we talk high school football here on LA Gridiron Weekly. So you mm-hmm. got to represent your high school. Let everybody, let everybody know uh, the kind of football you played. I believe down in where in in, uh, in Temecula, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I went to uh, Great Oak High School, and I helped lead them to their first ever, like, playoff appearance my junior year, and that was huge for the school. And we, you know, we had a really good year that year. We made it all the way to the semifinals. Didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't win it, but, you know, it was just awesome to be able to go that far and, you know, just be able to show people that it's possible. And so, you know, I felt like I left a great legacy there. And, um, you know, I always try to tap in with the younger guys and encourage them and make sure that they're trying to be the best they can be. Was UCLA always the school for you? Or tell me tell me what that, that, that final grouping of colleges that offered you and why you ultimately chose UCLA. Yeah, when UCLA offered me, it was pretty much like a done deal, um, <laughs> you know, because of proximity to home. And it was in a great area. So it really made my decision very easy. You can follow Demetric on Twitter at Demetric Felton 7, at Demetric Felton 7. Uh, LA Gridiron Weekly here with Demetric Felton joining us right now. Uh, Demetric, we have something in common. The, the We both played in the Senior Bowl. Now, mm-hmm. I was back in 2005, been down there in Mobile. But for our listeners out there who want to know more about the draft process, and we'll get into what you're doing as you've been preparing for the draft, 
but let everybody know about that experience of playing in the senior bowl and just how that week was. I know it was great for me, but how was that week for you going down to Mobile playing with some of the best players in college football? For me, it was great. You know, I, I worked so hard to be able to get that invite. You know, it meant so much to me to be able to go there and play against the best of the best and see how I stacked up. You know, Jim Nagy gave me a great opportunity to go there and play a receiver and showcase my receiver abilities. And I feel like that really, you know, boosted me because it really showed my versatility. I didn't practice receiver the whole year because I, I was in the running back room. And to be able to go there and compete at a very high level and show people that I can do that just as good was huge for me. And so I had a great experience there being able to work with NFL staffs and see how everything worked there. It was it was great for me. So I couldn't thank the senior bowl and Jim Nagy enough for that. Yeah. So we were both senior bowl alums, man. Trust me. It was well worth it to get that football mm-hmm. experience, to get that coaching experience, like you mentioned, from NFL head coaches. But shortly thereafter that, um, you took on sort of a a, a different look to the draft process and the uh explain it the the snapchat rookie experience in terms Mm -hmm. of getting watching you get prepared for the nfl draft tell me about it i think it uh i think that was really good for people to see because it really shows what you know how detailed some of these you know the draft prospects have to be when they're training for the you know their pro day or the combine, just have, trying to get that 40 right, trying to get all these drills right and every day going at it, you know, and really working at it hard to perfect it as much as you can. So I, I felt like that was a great, you know, opportunity for me and just for other people to really see what goes into the process. It's the Rookie Experience uh, Snapchat Discover it is the uh, Snapchat show that Demetric is on. You can go to Snapchat and find it also on YouTube as well. A couple of episodes. I watched one episode, man, and I felt like you must have worked on your start at least about 100 times in the first episode. <laughs> I said, I know he's going to blaze a 40 now. I saw rumored times. You got to help me here, Demetric. They said yeah. you a four, low four, five, high four, four. I'm saying mid four, four is because of the start. What is the true 40 time for Demetric Felton? So the true, the true 40 time was four, five, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, I, one, I feel like I didn't run my best race. And two, you know, I just feel like that's not an accurate measure of, I don't know, speed, because I feel like it's a little different, you know, right. when, <laughs> when it's live fire and guys are running at you, you're running for your life and everything. But, you know, I feel like the, the film really speaks for itself when it comes to speed. Uh, because when you look at it, you see someone who's able to run away from people and make big plays. So that's why I think about that. <laughs> hey, it's okay, Demetri. Look, I, yeah. I, had a, I had a couple of UCLA games this year, and I'll tell you this, I never saw anybody catch you. <laughs> I never saw anybody catch you, man. Demetric Felton, former UCLA running back, joined us here on LA Gridiron Weekly. So you're you're going through this process and a lot a lot of family friends I know who are um you know always chiming in, hey, where do you think you're gonna go? But just kind of tell me in, in this time coming right before the draft, this last little week, what's kind of going through your mind a little bit? What are you hearing and how are you trying to, you know, kind of maintain the, the anxiousness of the upcoming draft? 
Yeah, it's definitely kind of tough to do that. You know, it feels <laughs> like the day it feels like the days are going by slow now. Right. But um, yeah, you just try to keep yourself busy. Try not to think about it because it's really out of your control now. You know, you've done everything you can leading up to this. And, you know, for me, I am just want to be happy with the opportunity. So, you know, I'm trying not to focus on like when, you know, where I'm just trying to be, you know, whenever I find that information, just be thankful because it's something I've been waiting for since I was seven years old and just work as hard as I can. So when you do hear your name called, um, what's the first thing you think that comes to mind? I'll tell you this before I let you answer. I know the first thing for me. When I got drafted back in 2005, 78th overall pick, third round, um, like my whole football life flashed before me. Like I went like literally they said my name and I went back to like Pop Warner and in high school and in college. And I realized like, wow, like I'm in the NFL. It kind of hits mm-hmm. you a little bit. Do you think of any emotions right now uh, as far as your journey, even from growing up in high school, college? Just how do, how do you sum that up, you think, when you get drafted? Um, I, I think, you know, kind of similar to what you said, you know, just having your your football career flash before your eyes, you know, just thinking about every, you know, obstacle you had to go through during that process, you know, times where you may have doubted yourself and didn't think it was possible and just being able to overcome it, you know, I feel like that's just very powerful and something that is really going to, you know, make me emotional when the time comes. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get emotional here, man. You're a great <laughs> prospect, man. Love watching you play at UCLA. And for all people in LA, um, what are you going to miss the most about you? Is it the spot where uh, – where was your go-to spot to go grab a bite to eat over on Westwood? I got to say, I, I was real close to the In-N-Out and Fat Sal. So. <laughs> all right. See, <laughs> I, I know we was cool before this, but when you just brought up the In-N-Out and Fat Sal's and they also shared that little uh, parking lot. See, we on the same page, brother. Yep. It's a hard decision when you drive up. You're like, do I go to In-N-Out? Do I go to Fat Sal? So you got to exactly. just say, you know what? Today is Fat Sal. The next day is going to yep. be In-N-Out, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Look, Demetri, uh, I can't wait to see where you go uh, in the NFL draft. I know some team will be uh, really delighted to have you along on their football team. And best of luck. And I appreciate the time joining LA Gridiron Weekly this week. Thanks, Demetri. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate right. it. All good. That was Demetric Felton. You can follow him on Twitter at Demetric Felton 7. More LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison coming up next. It's what you wanted a show completely dedicated to football. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. All over the Rams and the NFL, USC, UCLA, the high school football scene. Kirk knows it all and is ready to bring it to you each Saturday morning. You're listening to LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Once again, here's Kirk Morrison. Wow, man. Great interview, Dimitri Felton, man. I watched this kid. I think he is going to do great things in the NFL. I can't wait to see how an offensive coordinator uses a guy who can play not only running back, play wide receiver. It is going to be fantastic to see just how he fits his game into the NFL. So once again, you can follow him on Twitter at Dimitri Felton7. All right, Dimitri Felton7 on Twitter. Wow, we've all got all the way to the end of this show and just a little bit here. Um, I wanted to 
just talk a little bit about this week, the NFL passed a rule and it's the expansion of numbers. Okay. You can now wear number. And this, this, this uh, proposal was sent to the NFL by the Kansas city chiefs. They said, you know what? College, you can do it. High school, you can do it. The NFL has just been so just stuck on, no, this is the numbers you have to wear, things like that. And I'll go back to 2006, I believe, is when it happened. You remember in 2006, Reggie Bush, remember he wore number five his entire career at USC and even in high school. Then he got to the NFL and they tried to force the NFL to let him wear number five, right? Reggie Bush, number five. And the NFL said, nope, we, you can't wear single digits as a running back or a skill position player. You got to wear a number in the 20s. And Reggie Bush became number 25. But that rule is no longer. Now, with the expansion of numbers, quarterbacks can wear any number from zero, uh, from one through 19, I should say. You can wear running backs can now wear numbers from one all the way through 49. Okay, wide receivers can wear numbers of one all the way through 49. Linebackers can wear one through 49 or 90 through 99. So you're going to see a lot of guys wearing some single digit numbers, which for me, I wore a single digit number when I was in high school. I was number five as well. In college, I wore number 34. When I got to the National Football League, I was forced to wear number 52. So my numbers in the NFL was 52. I was 55. I was 58. But, man, I wish I could have kept that number five from high school or even wore my number from college, number 34 for San Diego State. But it wasn't allowed. Now it is allowed. So I'm all for this. I've been excited about this for the longest. But one person who is not excited about it, and that's the Super Bowl MVP, Tom Brady. He is not excited about this number change saying, and I quote, he's saying it's going to be a lot of bad football. Because people won't know who to block because of the numbers. Come on, Tom Brady. Stop it, man. Stop it, man. Look, don't, don't be the old guy talking about get off my lawn. Get out of here, man. This league is getting younger. You're the old guy. But the most experienced, and I got I get it, Tom. Um, you can say what you want. But I think the NFL needs this. You know, I think you brighten it up a little bit. I mean, we see it every Saturday in college. You know, guys wearing numbers. Now, they won't be doing that double number, double number stuff where you have a guy on a team who wears two numbers, right? Or you have two guys on a team that have the same number. They're not doing that. Trust me, as a college football broadcaster, I hate it. Trust me, I do. I have my little game chart, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, there's two number ones. There's one on offense, one on defense, and you just never know until you can kind of really read the nameplate on the back. So I, I, I get upset about the double numbers. But in the NFL, that will not happen. We got the expansion of numbers. I'm happy about that. We're going to see some uh, guys in some of their high school uniforms and things like that. So it's going to be in it. I just think about certain guys like the linebackers now can wear 11, number 12. You know what I mean? It's going to be fun to see these different numbers as they circulate throughout the National Football League. So definitely looking forward to that, to that as well. Man, this has been uh, an amazing show. 877-710-ESPN is the number 877-710-3776 at Kirk Morrison on Twitter at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. Remember the hashtag 
L-A-G-W. We got in my full 32 picks of the first round. And if you don't like it, let me know. If you like it, definitely let me know. And if you think that I need to tweak some things, I'll take that advice from you as well. Because we are five days away. Just five days away from the NFL's offseason crown jewel, right? It is, it is, you know, and I think back to when I was drafted so many times, man. It's, it's a special moment. Um, the one part for me that like kind of comes over me is to see the raw emotion of some of these kids. You know, I just mentioned it in the interview. Hopefully, if you uh, missed the interview with Demetrius Felton, um, I discussed it with him a little bit. And you guys can go back and listen to that. Go to our ESPN Twitter page, uh, website, find it, uh, LA Gridiron Weekly, and go back and listen to that Demetrius Felton interview. Because, you know, I mentioned that your football life passes in front of you when you get drafted. Because I know mine's it. Mine's flashed right in front of my eyes. All the workouts, all the sweat, blood, tears, uh, the times you didn't want to, the times you did, the wins, the losses, the friendships, and to hear your name get called. Man, uh, it's something special. It really is. Um, One of the best announcements I know I had in my life. And I always remember that phone call that I got from the then Oakland Raiders. It was a secretary. So my phone rings, the 510 number pops up. Now take it. And I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. So a 510 number is calling me. I have no idea it's the Raiders. I think it's a family member trying to figure out when I'm going to get drafted because I'm drafted in the third round. There's, you know, in the NFL, it's like, oh, man, when are you getting drafted? So I pick up the phone and it's, hey, Kirk. Uh, is it or is this Kirk Morrison? So, yeah, this is him. And I say, Hi, this is uh, such and such, the uh, secretary for the Oakland Raiders. I said, Oh, wow, okay. And she says, Are you ready for Coach Turner? I said, You sure? I'm sure I'm ready. And she patches Coach Turner through. And Coach Turner says, Are uh, you ready to be a Raider? I said, Coach, man, I've been a Raider my whole life. And boom, he was like, Well, that's what I like to hear. And it's like your little name is going to come across the screen here because we just picked you. And uh, I just went numb. I just went silent. Uh, dream come true. Got drafted into the NFL, man. One of the biggest accomplishments in my life. Um, and it's just, you know, around this time, you get a little choked up a lot because it's such a great moment to think about and have fun with it. All right, now it's time for the two-minute drill. Hit the two-minute drill. It's time for the two-minute drill on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. All right, two minutes to go here on ESPN 710. Oh, man, L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Uh, Each and every week, I love to um, make sure that we're um, not only talking to you, the fan, the listener out there, as we've just launched this show four episodes in now. So we've been a month in. I can't believe we've been on this ride already a month in. And we're just getting better and better. So the interviews are going to keep coming in. Uh, I've got a lot of great guests coming up um, in the ne- in the coming weeks. Now, next week, this program announcement, no L.A. Gridiron next week. I'm sorry. I apologize. No LAGW next week, uh, only because we've got full coverage of the 2021 NFL Draft. And we know Saturday is the big day. That's four through seven. That's day three of the draft. And that one goes on for a very long time, but it'll be fun. 
because a ton of picks for the Rams, ton of picks for the Chargers, Raiders, your team, whatever it may be, whatever your team may be. That's what I talk about in LA Gridiron Weekly. It's not just about the teams in LA as well. Look, I know some transplants that live out here. And if your team is picking, let me know. If you want to talk about your team and what they're doing, cover the NFL nationally. I'll still cover it just in this market. I cover it nationally. We could talk about anything you want to talk about with football. This is the only football only show in LA. Say it again. The only football show only in Los Angeles. So yes, you don't have to worry. Come straight to the front of the line and we're going to get your thoughts right away on LA Gridiron Weekly, man. Another great show. Another great show again in the books. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Oh man, from our studio engineer Steve Pallet for Chris Morales, Amanda Brown, wow, everybody involved in LA Gridiron Weekly. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks, man. This has been LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. See you next time. Good football, everybody.